Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. Well, do I look sleepy? <laughs> your hair's got a big old loop in your headphone over there. It's because I haven't done my hair like properly in oh, six weeks now. I know it is. It is real. I can imagine it'd be really hard, really hard to wash your hair with one hand. Washing it's not the problem. No, it's just that I have super. No, I can. I mean, I can wash it. It's like I could apply my makeup with one hand. Yeah, it's the blow. I can't blow dry and style my hair, and uh, I have really fine thin hair, uh-huh. and so it's like it requires a brush and a blow dryer, and I can't lift my blow dryer. Um, so you know, I've been sporting dang. hats and doing zooms with the screen off if I can help it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but today's just one of those dreary days where I'm like, eh. I know. The winter does this to me. Uh-huh. It makes it makes me just want to cuddle up on the couch. I yeah. know. I know. So today we're talking about chronic fatigue. And I say chronic because fatigue is pretty common during the treatment process. Yeah. What isn't common is suffering from fatigue chronically. And yeah. I think people think, oh, it's just being tired. It's, and chronically, it's- is that more than six months? I didn't define it. Oh, okay. I I feel like, I mean, for most people who suffer from chronic fatigue, it's every day, all day. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, they don't get a lot of relief from it. Yeah. You have never suffered from chronic fatigue, correct? No, I wish I could give some of my energy away. I'm sure the people listening are like, I'll take it. (laughs) I know. I'll take it. I actually suffered from fatigue after I had my first son. So my son's 13. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing hormone shift, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I have him, and I just thought it was being a new mom. But mm-hmm. now looking back, I was like, that was not normal. Yeah. Like, I couldn't get off the couch. Are you sure could... you didn't have some postpartum? Depression? Yeah. No, I mean, emotionally, I felt fine. Oh, okay. I was loving being a new mom. Yeah. But I was exhausted. And yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a normal tired. Yeah. Like, I couldn't get myself off the couch. Yeah. I couldn't keep, you know, like, I was just, oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Looking back at it now. And then, and then it didn't go away. So yeah. the moment I had my son... I had two more kids after that. Yeah. So from the time he was born until the time I got diagnosed with breast cancer, I had chronic fatigue. Yeah. And I think looking back on it, it was hormone related. And Interesting I... because I ended up with estrogen positive breast cancer. Yeah. But here's the twist. A lot of people would develop chronic fatigue after treatment. Uh-huh. When I went through breast cancer treatment, my energy was completely restored. Wow. And now I don't have any energy issues. That's crazy. Yeah. So did it feel like, because I feel like it's been described like this, like the moment you wake up, you are trying to like figure out or plot when and where you can get a nap in in your day? I think it's just this general malaise about life. Like you don't have the energy to do anything. Gotcha. And you don't enjoy normal activity because you're just, yeah, you're plotting when can I lay down. Yeah. To get some relief. Yeah. And when you're, you know, raising three kids yeah. and you're working full time, <laughs> you don't get to lay down. You don't get to lay down. Yeah. You don't get to like, you know, indulge yourself in that. So you're yeah. just constantly feeding the monster. Right. And it was horrible. And I really just looking back, I'm thinking, I thought that was totally okay. And I never mm-hmm. said anything to a doctor about it. 
never tried to figure out what well, yeah, was going well, on. Well, because most of the time they'd probably just be like, well, you're a new mom. Mm, I mean, that's what I was telling myself. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was a new mom. Yeah. I think I did have my thyroid tested and it came back in normal range, which mm-hmm. there could be a whole argument about that. Yes. What's normal, yeah. right? What's normal for you? And they only test one thing and there's like 10 things you can test. Right. So, yeah. I mean, at that time they were saying that it was normal. So, um, yeah, but but chronic fatigue just for anybody listening is just kind of feeling uncomfortable, ill, lack of energy. Mm-hmm. You can't really explain the cause. It's not caused by anything. You know, I mm-hmm. could I felt the same whether I got 12 hours of sleep or if I, you know, got none. But it's a disorder characterized by extreme fatigue with no underlying medical condition. So yeah, it's different to have it during treatment than it is to have it independent, I think, of treatment. Totally. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about how chronic fatigue impacts your quality of life. And we're going to talk about why it's often not being treated. Right. <laughs> and what you can do if you're suffering from fatigue, either pre or post uh, breast cancer treatment. But before we jump into all that, let's hear from our first sponsor. Thrivent is a proud sponsor of Faith Through Fire. Thrivent believes money is a tool and not a goal. The Gateway Financial Group with Thrivent is local to the St. Louis area and can work with you to create a financial strategy that reflects your priorities and helps you protect the things that matter to you, like family and giving back. Please call 314-783-4214 to schedule a free consultation with one of Thrivent's Gateway Financial Advisors. We are back. So here's some stats. Chronic fatigue is pretty common. There's more than 200,000 cases per year in the U.S. I would probably argue a lot more than that. Uh, That's what I was going to say, is that people are not reporting it. Yeah. I didn't report it. Well, yeah, because, you know, you could probably go your whole life without really feeling like what you went through was classified as fatigue. And plus, you didn't go to your doctor about it. So I, I, think are... it I think it's completely hormone related. Yeah. I mean, that's just my guess. My yeah. uneducated, non-medical guess is that it's completely hormone related in women. Yeah. And I think that doctors have a really poor understanding of hormones. Yeah. But like we talked about in our last episode, what happens if the fatigue is because of insomnia, because of depression? Oh, boy. I don't know. I think but, a lot of times but a lot, are, a lot of the arguments could be say that depression is because of lack of like your I mean, uh, hormone dysregulation. There are lots. So I think what you're trying to say is, is your chronic fatigue psychological? Yes, I could. I yeah, because that's yeah, but a, I th- I don't think that it could be independent. Like I think you could be having psychological problems because of um, an imbalance of hormones that's leading to insomnia, which is giving you fatigue. <laughs> None of that makes sense. (laughs) It does to me. (laughs) I mean, what I'm saying is like, I don't necessarily think... An imbalance in hormones would be a cause of your chronic fatigue. Yeah. But I don't know how that relates to depression. Well, because if you're chronically fatigued, like, it could potentially... It doesn't always, but it could potentially lead you to depression because you're like, I wish I could just do the things. I mean, everything can lead to depression. Well, that's true. <laughs> everything, <laughs> I'm not going to argue that one with every, you. When your quality of life sucks, everything can lead to depression. Right. So treatments can help manage chronic fatigue, but there's really no known cure, which I find really discouraging. And again, I think it's because it's not a field of study people care about. Well, just like what we're talking about is it's really hard to get to the bottom probably of what's happening with your fatigue. Well, and we're going to get to what the medical community often attributes it to. They'll say psychological. That's why I was asking you if you thought it was psychological, because Uh a lot of times medical people will say it's in your head. It's in your head. And it's really frustrating because I know what I went through for those 13 years and Uh it was not in my head. Right. 
You yeah. know, let's talk about how chronic fatigue impacts quality of life. You asked if it's like you're always looking for your next nap. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just the most obvious lack of energy. Mm-hmm. You want to sleep more. Mm-hmm. You don't have the desire to perform like normal duties. Like I remember when people would say, oh, you want to take the kids and meet up at the park? It just seemed like so much more work yeah. than fun. Yeah. You know, I was just sitting there thinking, I will enjoy that for 10 minutes before I wish I was at home. Doing nothing. Putting the kids to bed so I can take a nap, to yeah. your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I, and I've heard, so my best friend suffers from chronic fatigue for a long time. I feel like a statement I hear from her a lot is like, well, the house is a mess and I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. I mean, you yeah. don't have the energy. Yeah. You have to really guard your energy because you yeah. might get like 45 minutes of it a day. Yeah. You know, you might yeah. have a burst, which is really unusual, and you reserve it for stuff you really have to get done. Right. So, yep, yep. Feeling tired even after sleeping brain fog mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's how it shows up for most people i mean so i mean going back to my my best friend i think what's really interesting is that she has she's tried everything she's mm-hmm. tried cutting caffeine completely she's tried you know eating different ways she's tried sleeping different ways she's got three kids and i know like for a long time that was kind of like a big thing for her because she was up every night and so she's tried shutting her door she's tried shutting their door like you know and and she's done breastfeeding you know there's i feel like that there's a lot of different avenues that she's tried so it i can see how it would be and i and i see within her since she's my best friend but like i just see how frustrating it is when she's just like, I wish that I had an answer for why I just am so tired. Yeah. I mean, I I think, I mean, again, it's my non-medical opinion. I think it's hormone related. I just mm-hmm. think, unfortunately, the medical community knows so little about how that's connected mm-hmm. to chronic fatigue that there's not a ton of support for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know even within her, she's done a lot of hormone work and she's come a long way, like even just regulating her periods mm-hmm. and... So it didn't impact her fatigue. It didn't. Mm-mm. But it's like, what's hormone work that's, you know what I mean? Like, it's such a, it's kind of the I wild. Mean, there's more hormones than just your estrogen, your progesterone. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's the wild yeah. west. Like, it how is. much there's do we so know yeah. about the link between hormones and fatigue or hormones and thyroid? Like, yeah. it's still being kind of unearthed. And there's people yeah. that know a lot about it. And there's people that pretend to know a lot about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And it leaves all of us just wandering around trying to find a fix just so we can have a high quality of life. Right. I was asking you about the psychosocial implications because I, when I was researching for chronic fatigue, mm-hmm. I stumbled across a study that kind of made me mad because it was basically <laughs> trying to link fatigue to psychosocial issues. They basically said low social support is linked to fatigue. And they go on to talk about, and and that was kind of what you were saying, like, is depression causing your fatigue? Mm-hmm. Is it low social support? Mm-hmm. And it's like, not that that can't happen. Mm-hmm. It 100% can happen. When you're depressed, you don't have energy. Mm-hmm. But I think what rubbed me the wrong way is just, oh, it must be that. And it's like, mm-hmm. I know that I, I had peer support. Well, I, I knew that I was not depressed. I think our me- I think the medical community, period, wants the simple, easy answer of it's one like it's just one thing. But I think that it's probably way more complicated than they really would like it to be. Right. Yeah. And who's investigating these? But, yeah. I mean, I always say too, women's bodies are so intricate and complicated. Mm hmm. How much time are we dedicating to understanding them? Not enough. <laughs> I mean, I I've, I've, think I've said this on another podcast, but it's like estrogen dominance caused my breast cancer. So then we treat the breast cancer, right, with chemo mm-hmm. and radiation. But what have we done about my estrogen dominance? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think we're going to talk about that. Because if your that. body naturally tends to go that way, it doesn't right. matter whether you've treated your estrogen or taken away your estrogen or whatever, like... 
Right. What are we? At the root of it, how is that? And I think we're talking about that when we get to like medical skepticism. Uh It's like we're not addressing the root cause. You are now you you are now throwing treatment at me because I have tumors. Yep. But the underlying cause that caused all of this was estrogen dominance. Mm -hmm. My care plan includes nothing holistic to address the estrogen dominance in my in my body. So when it comes to chronic fatigue and hormones and things like that, I just really question. I mean, the estrogen dominance, that's where you have to look at. I mean, because I don't know that there's necessarily anything the medical community can do about your estrogen dominance. That's where you have to look at the products, the things you're eating, your lifestyle, like that all also. Well, right, because their answer after you've had it. breast cancer is to shut down your ovaries and give yep. you drugs that basically eliminate all estrogen, which estrogen yeah. in the proper doses is protective of your body. Yeah. It's heart protective. It's bone protective. I so mean, there, there's a plus and minus always when you go pharmaceutical. Right. Yeah. Right. So anyway, I digress. Before we talk about treatment with breast cancer and and chronic fatigue, you want to do Boobs in the News? Let's do it. Boobs in the News is a fun segment where we read funny tweets by real people or ridiculous news stories. Boobs in the News. Boobs in the News. Boobs in the News. Okay. Are you ready for this? Uh Uh-huh. This blows my mind. This is what... This is what happens when you're so well known that you can sell ice to Eskimos. Okay? Oh boy. So the name of this article is Elon Musk sells $1 million worth of a new perfume called Burnt Hair. Gross. <laughs> I have accidentally got my hair in my blow dryer and that is not a good smell. <laughs> the world's richest man, Elon Musk, has scented a new opportunity to capitalize on quirky products, launching a perfume called Burnt Hair. That he sold 10,000 bottles to earn a million dollars in just a few hours. Stop it. Anything he touches turns to gold. He's so funny. He says, with a name like mine, getting into the fragrance business was inevitable. Why did I even fight it for so long? Musk asked Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Where he described himself as a perfume salesman. The name. Okay. So he says the website description of this perfume is the essence of repugnant desire. Gross. Okay, so guess how much he's charging? Hundred dollars. Hundred bucks. Oh my gosh, no. Yep. And it's set to start shipping the first quarter of twenty twenty three. I can't get you burnt hair for Christmas. Oh, I'm so I know sad. you don't I know you don't do fragrances, but do still. Fragr- oh well I do fragrance. I just do essential oils. There you go. There yeah. you go. Anyway, Musk's ambitions over the years have ranged from colonizing Mars to creating a new sustainable energy economy. And Tesla, now rocket company with SpaceX, and now, now burnt hair perfume. So this seems like a silly, this seems like a farce. <laughs> I mean, he sold a million dollars worth of it. Good for him. That's, Do you think we'll ever be goes against his Twitter debt? <laughs> so well known, Sarah. Like Faith no. and Fire will become so well known as a nonprofit that we'll just make a million dollars by coming up with something like burnt no, hair perfume. No, because if, if that ever happens, uh, we lose all credibility. Like now, I think less of Elon because he is in the gross musk i no i don't think less of him i think it's hysterical that he just has fun with everything well that's true he's like a big kid (sighs) yeah i guess i'm judging the people who would buy it oh yeah i mean i'm assuming it's a joke i'm like now it's like an ugly christmas sweater it's like a funny joke for a hundred dollars i mean a funny funny joke for those that can waste a hundred dollars what if burnt hair actually smells good now i kind of want to buy it just to see what it smells like Ew. Ugh. Here, I mean, I'll, go, I'll go burn some hair. That's probably... I, I can pull some out of my brush and burn that, it right up for you. <laughs> that is probably why people bought it. Like, I want to know what this smells like. Yeah, maybe. 
But a million dollars? Maybe I'll buy it and we can talk about it on the air. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe I'm the boob for now buying boob. for buying burnt hair. There you go. Yeah. Bibs in the news. Bibs in the news. Bibs in the news. All right. So cancer related fatigue is different, don't you think? Yeah. I mean from treatment. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. It's totally different. Because I mean, it also doesn't feel permanent. Chronic fatigue, that like that couples very much with frustration, I imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just is a quality of life issue. Yeah. And at least when you're in treatment, people are like, they are supporting you to rest. And yeah. To heal. And I mean, you expect it, right? You yeah. know, it's part of the, you know, right. that that's a side effect. You yeah. know that it's going to happen. I would suspect, like you said, how frustrating to go through the trauma of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. You want to resume a normal, quote unquote, normal life. Mm-hmm. And now you're dealing with chronic fatigue for yeah. the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I said before, who is helping patients with that? Yeah. You know, what are they doing to to try to overcome that? So it's most commonly reported after treatment and throughout survivorship. They did like a they sampled a large number of breast cancer survivors who were all post-treatment. And one of the studies said that more than 30 percent said they had chronic fatigue. But some studies suggest that it's between 62 and 85 percent of people. So, I mean, it's it's pretty prevalent. It's something that we hear a lot from women that we work with. Mm -hmm. And I think that everybody has their coping mechanisms. But and you had like pretty considerable fatigue during treatment. Yeah, because I took yeah. the Red Devil and that yeah. that knocks you out. But again, that was very related to the drug. As soon as the yeah. drug was out of my body, that went, went away. away. Yeah. yeah, it was way more debilitating when I had it after my son Yeah, and leading up to my last daughter. And so that would have been 2009 to 2015 is when I suffered from chronic fatigue. Gotcha. Oh, my gosh. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Five years, right? Is yeah. that five? Five years before I got cancer mm-hmm. and then righted the ship through treatment which is crazy yeah i worked out the entire time i was in treatment and it does help i don't feel like i had like i had days where i was like oh i could like i'm more tired than Mm -hmm. usual but like actually i had more days where i was really frustrated about the fact that i didn't feel like i could go all out at my workouts like i used to be able to Mm -hmm. and then i would just remind myself that you're going through cancer treatment you have no hair like whatever here's a question for you because your your journey to health and wellness has been a long one mm-hmm. you kind of had a pivotal moment like in college right where you really started to prioritize your health oh uh, yeah did you mm-hmm. ever struggle with chronic fatigue like when you were less healthy or no No, because i was so young mm. like i don't i feel like it takes a really rare instance when you're in your early 20s to struggle with fatigue mm-hmm. no I, I mean i had days where i was self-inflicted where mm. i was like oh you're at work on a monday and you stayed out till 3 a.m on ah. sunday night like that's self-inflicted fatigue but yeah you're right I, no. you don't see that in young people no it really i mean like i said it didn't hit me until i got pregnant yeah before we close out let's hear from our second sponsor bjc healthcare is proud to bring you the best medicine close to home in addition to two full-service hospitals barnes jewish st peter's and progress west Community members in St. Charles County and beyond have access to the Siteman Cancer Center in St. Peter's, two convenient centers in the area, and doctor's offices across St. Charles County. Visit BJCStCharlesCounty.org to learn more. All right. So (laughs) I went to Facebook and asked women (laughs) about this. And here's the consensus. Yes, we all have it. Nobody knows what to do about it. Oh, great. (laughs) And I was like, that is super not helpful. Yeah. You know, which goes back to my point of what are we doing to address these quality of life issues? So anyway, I I was, everybody's like, if you figure it out, let me know. (laughs) 
So we don't have sure, all those. We have the magic key. Yeah, we don't have all those answers. There are some things, though, that they suggest, right? Like, yeah. Let's go through these. Aerobic exercise. Yep. Support. I mean, I feel like anytime you have people around you who you know, like you can count on for your kids or meals or or even like a really great supportive spouse or partner that's great they suggest doing tasks when you have the most energy i am like this generally not i did it a lot when i had chronic fatigue i would have to literally say okay if i want to clean the bathrooms i'll do it at this hour when i have the Uh, most energy yeah i still see it show up i don't have chronic fatigue anymore but it's like i prefer to clean my house in the evenings versus the mornings like you just know when you feel like doing things yep for sure acupuncture have you ever done acupuncture i haven't but i've wanted to I tried we should it for, do it and then like I've tried a podcast it. about it. Really? I, yeah, I tried it. I, d- I tried it for my lymphedema and I didn't notice much from it. But they say that it can help with chronic fatigue as well as cancer related symptoms like pain, sleep disturbances, anxiety, nausea. Huh. I know that when women were breech and like when they were pregnant, and they mm-hmm. were breech that acupuncture was like like it worked every time. Meaning their baby was in the wrong position. They did uh-huh. acupuncture and the baby moved. Uh-huh. And it was weird because it's like something they did on their foot. What? Yeah. Is it like the baby could feel? I have no idea. I have. I don't know how it works. I just know that they're like, it was the weirdest thing ever. It was usually like a last ditch effort. They're like, it's not going to happen. They tried the the cold peas on their head to try to get their head to move away from it. They tried the, I forget what the technique is where they sit upside down. But every time it never failed when they was like, I'm going to try this acupuncture thing. I think I want to say, and I could be completely wrong with this, but I want to say it's like acupuncture in something on their foot. And then they put a cotton ball on it and light it on fire. And like, this sounds like voodoo magic. It sounds like voodoo magic, but I feel like it worked every time. And this was in a clinical setting that people did this? Yeah, at an acupuncturist. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I'm so confused. Women are pregnant. They're at the birthing center, and an acupuncturist will come in and do no, no, this? No, 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 no. They go to the acupuncturist. Like, they go to the office where the acupuncture is. Okay, well, this Where sounds, did you get acupuncture? This, uh, I went to the chiropractor. Right. That's the same place they go. I'm just saying, like, you have no documentation on this. Like, everybody listening to this is going to be like, that's so anecdotal. Like, it works every time. Right. It's anecdotal to my experience. That's what I'm saying. It's not, it doesn't work every time. You know, I'm not the chiropractor. I'm not the person doing it. But I'm saying, from my experience, what I saw every time they use this as a last ditch effort, it worked. So you were at the birthing center. Women would have breech babies and then they would go to an acupuncturist and come back and be like, it worked. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yes. That's crazy. Like all of our medical professionals are going to be like, voodoo science. I mean, yeah, but when it's when it's the difference of you getting a C-section when that's something that you don't want versus not, like no, you're I mean, willing I would, to try everything. No, and, try and I felt like they always got so frustrated because none of the, the techniques worked. And then mm-hmm. they'd go do this and they're like, I have no faith this is even working. And then it works. <laughs> I mean, I think all of us feel that way. Like when you're, again, your quality of life is at risk, you're like, sure, I'll try it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's not going to kill me to do acupuncture, right? right? No, it's not. Yeah. 100%. Mindfulness techniques. Yep. Yoga, breath work. I love breath work. Oh, me too. And diet. I do think that diet probably plays a huge role. And when I'm saying I think there's a link between hormones and chronic fatigue, your food is going to play a big role in that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you? I mean, your food can yeah. regulate your hormones. Yeah. Mostly. 1000%. Yeah. So, I don't know. You know, I feel Actually, there's a whole book there's a whole book by Sarah Gottfried that I followed that was the 21-day hormone reset and it's the whole reason that's I snapped out of my insomnia and my stuff. So, I 100% think food and it, all it was was food changes. I didn't change anything else about my life. Oh, say that book again. Sarah Gottfried, The 21-Day Hormone Reset. 
every three days you you took something out and she she explains to you, you know, we're taking this out to reset your leptin hormone. Leptin is your hunger cue. We're taking this one out to reset your I don't I, and now I can't remember all of them, but there's like and then there's a hormone or ghrelin. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Ghrelin. Ghrelin. Mm-hmm. And we're taking this out to reset this one. And by the end of it, I didn't have sugar crazy cravings. I was sleeping better. I didn't have insomnia. I didn't have thoughts of suicide. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Well, huge, huge. See, I was feeling bad because here we are talking about chronic fatigue and what an impact it was, and I was like, we're gonna leave them with we don't know what to do. But that might be something to investigate if you're having this problem and you're feeling this way. Yeah. I mean, but it's not. It's it's like the acupuncture. I can't say that it's gonna work for everybody. Like, right. It's you know. But I mean, try it. Yeah. And actually, try it, and then contact us and tell us <laughs> if it worked, and we'll talk about it on a future podcast because right. I love hearing. People's- oh man, maybe we could have Sarah Godfrey on. Oh, yeah. Sarah, if you're listening. Sarah, if you're listening. Maybe we'll send this to Sarah. Okay. I really credit her with, like, a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. All right. Well, look for that future episode if we get Sarah on. All right, guys. Until next time. Bye. Thank you for being a listener of the Besties with Breasties podcast. If this podcast had a positive impact on your journey, leave us a review or consider becoming a supporter. You can donate with the link in the show notes or at faiththroughfire.org. This episode was hosted by Sarah Hall and Beth Wilmus, audio and production edits by Innovative Frequencies.